Welcome to Minutes with Mary, special podcast mini-series on conversational intelligence. I'm your host, Mary Stellatello, and I'm joined by co-host Deb Shannon, another certified conversational intelligence coach. We decided to launch this mini-series to offer tools to have the conversations that we are called to have during this time. We're living in an era that has rocked our foundation on so many levels. The global pandemic, racial reckoning, economic collapse, and the climate crisis. It can be paralyzing. Every conversation resonates in and around us. Conversations stick with us internally and they stick to us externally. On the outside, people sense dis-ease in one another. So you can't effectively hide from a bad feeling conversation, whether that's at home, at work, or in your community. However, we can find our way together through conversations that build trust. Each episode will offer tools and resources to have conversations to transform the world. We aspire to create a sense of relief and confidence that small and sustainable changes are possible and it is a matter of mustering the will to take that next step. So let's get started. In today's episode of Conversational Intelligence mini-series, Deb and I discuss how we can get clarity about definitions and terms in moments of uncertainty. We'll pull back the curtain on the meaning of double-clicking and provide concrete examples of how to ask for the deeper meaning of a word or commonly used phrases. When a meaningful conversation requires more than mutual agreement of definitions, we use conversational agility to reframe, refocus, and redirect the mindset of the speaker, which opens access to different parts of the brain. Using these tools ensures that at the end of a meeting, your team agrees on much more than definitions. Hi, Deb. Great to have you back. How are you coming into today's call? Hey, Mary. It's nice to be with you again. You know, I really appreciate these check-ins because I find that literally naming the stuff that I come into the call with helps me be more present for the conversation we want to be having. So today I find myself working on truths and really trying to accept the fact that people have different truths around the same subject. Thanks for sharing that, Deb. You know, I want to be sure I really understand what that means because it's important to you. So can you tell me a little bit more about other people's truths? Yeah. So I'll just give you the, the specific example that I'm working with in the most impartial way that I can. <laughs> in this COVID-19 world that we're in right now, to a lot of people, COVID is just another flu. And they will say it's just like the flu. And they live accordingly. And I feel like COVID-19 is so much more impactful physically, emotionally, financially, culturally than a flu. So I'm seeing these differences in the world and I'm a conversations coach. So this piece that affects me so deeply is just going to feed my work. So thank you for asking for that clarifier, Mary. How are you doing today? 
Ah, well, what's top of mind right now for me is this polar vortex that's occurring all over the country and how the same words are used, but the meaning is very different. So this winter, we're in Albuquerque. Blizzard is defined as something as two to three inches of snow, 30 to 40 miles per hour wind, and temperatures of a low of eight degrees and a high of 18 degrees. But the rest of the year, I live in Wisconsin. (laughs) And blizzard has a totally different meaning there. It means six to eight inches of snow, similar wind speeds, but temperatures below zero. So it's just fascinating to me, again, how, you know, words can mean totally different things to different people. Yeah, that's so interesting that that's what you're bringing in today. So you're seeing different definitions and I'm seeing different truths And I just came across neurotip number six from Judith Glazer, who was the founder of Conversational Intelligence. And it just seems really apropos for this conversation. If you don't mind me sharing it, I'll just dig in. I'd love that. So neurotip number six says, seek common understanding. And what Judith writes is that simple everyday terms such as teamwork or leadership or respect have entirely different meanings to different people, depending on who you're talking to and based on how diverse their own backgrounds and perspectives are. You can find a huge array of differences. So I think that kind of hits the nail on the head for what you and I are experiencing right now. And if it's okay, I'll keep going with this train of thought. Because this week, a corporate client of mine actually instructed their teams to ask fewer clarifying questions in meetings. I work with a lot of people in operations and engineering. And they like to challenge each other. They enjoy the challenge and it's productive for them. And they also like to check things off their task list, which is why answering too many questions gets in the way of the task list. But that atmosphere sets a tone of pressure to always have the right answers. My question for you, Mary, is in our culture of knowing all and moving quickly, How does one ask clarifying questions with confidence? Great question. Don't mean to say great question, but truly is. And I think, you know, it may feel uncomfortable at first. However, asking for clarification is really a demonstration of sincere interest and mutual success. Like we want to get this right together. Yeah, it makes sense. Maybe it just... You have to try it to believe it. (laughs) Indeed. So maybe we can do that. How about if we model how one finesses their way into admitting that they need clarification of something? A team of marketers and engineers are discussing the benefits of a new user experience. So Mary, you are the marketer and I am the engineer. So I walk into the room and I say, 
The engineering team is delivering a new workflow today that is faster and easier for users. And I, as the marketer, kind of get my eyebrows up and I say, can you say a little more about faster and easier? Because in my mind, I see more steps in this process than we had before, which looks complicated to me. And so I'm thinking, I know that you see something that works better for users. So can you help me see it through your eyes? Wow, that really toned it down. So, okay, okay. As engineers, we are very sensitive to efficiency and bugs. You are correct. There are more steps now. And there is less risk of a bug in the app because we have more information from the user. And the app runs easier and faster for the customer because there's no risk of frozen screen when they answer each question. Oh, okay. I see. More time invested up front results in greater likelihood of a smooth user experience overall. Yeah, you got it. That's neat. So we had to go a little bit back and forth, but I asked for clarity and you were on it. Thank you. Mary, can you talk a little bit about how you take groups through the reframe, refocus, redirect process when they need to get beyond the meaning of just words? I would love to do that, Deb. In fact, when we're in a conversational pattern that starts to feel like it's not working, people are in a protective or positional stance. That's a signal to use these pattern interrupters called conversational agility skills. These skills called reframing, refocusing, and redirecting. And research has done by the HeartMath Institute has determined that practices that reduce the negative thought loops and fear actually create that space for innovation and co-creation. So in fact, what we just modeled there, we did a double click, right? Because I asked you what's easier and faster about double click. But we also did a reframe because what you shared with me, it got me out of that position of this is not going to be good. This is going to be too hard. So reframing takes a difficult situation and it turns it into an opportunity for finding trust and common ground with someone. You are giving that other person a mental break and creating that space to think in a new way. So when in that example, as the marketer, I was feeling resistant. I shared that not wanting to do extra work, but because there was trust between us and I did truly want to find some common ground, I double clicked on that faster and easier phrase. And I was really open to being influenced there and listened to connect with you about what you were saying. You then reframed it for me. You said, that's correct. There are more steps, right? So you acknowledge what I was feeling there. And that's really important in reframing. And that in the long run, it would be a better customer experience, which is what both of us wanted and we mutually desired. So that reframe helped us move to that co-created solution. Yeah, 
That's just great. And I know we're going to touch on refocus too, but can I just ask, we make it easy, right? We make it look easy, but what kind of feeling do you have? You said my hackles are up in that moment. Can you describe that a little bit more so people can recognize that and say, oh, I can move through Sure. Yeah. I mean, actually, that's where we're looking at. If we go back to looking at the conversational dashboard and looking at when we are in a protective state and our cortisol is pumping that neurotransmitter, we're getting our hackles up, our physically we're flinching and maybe our energy is pumping. But the fact that I was able to notice that and we had a good relationship, I wasn't going to stay stuck in that place. Yeah, that's such a neat description. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about refocus. How do you walk your teams through that? When's it appropriate? Refocusing allows you to move people from a place when they're stuck and actually point them towards a larger topic where they could see connections that maybe they hadn't seen before. So an example of this is you might hear someone say, I'm really frustrated that I'm not being asked to serve as a facilitator for a program when I'm more experienced than some of the other team members. So you as a coach or the listener, because you don't have to be a coach, you can just be a listener here. You can refocus and say, wow, you know, it really seems like you care a lot about this topic. What are some other ways that you could share your experience that would raise the visibility of your talents to the overall team. And a little sidebar note, this is actually a situation that my own coach helped me with and refocused me in the situation. And it resulted in me being asked to facilitate something else for a group. Well, congratulations on that because, you know, it's not easy. We cling to these ideas about ourselves and where we fit in and how we can serve. And it's not always easy to let go of that. So what I see in your description of how you help clients refocus is that they're shifting from a place where they're saying, I don't feel seen for my talents to a place where they can see possibility within the team. And that going back to that conversational dashboard and cortisol in the system settles the cortisol. I feel like I belong when I see my role within the group. And that's really the essence of moving from the I perspective to the we perspective. So I derive benefit from thinking about the greater outcome. And there is greater possibility in what we can create together rather than just doing it my way. In this refocused work, then, another goal might be to achieve power with the group rather than power over any individual or process. So I really, I'm digging into the refocus. (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about that last conversational agility skill of redirect and how to put that into practice? Yes, sure thing. Redirecting helps people move from a place of being stuck and emotionally bound to a place where they can actually see new possibilities. So, you know, I actually use the skill a lot with clients that are in career transitions. You know, they'll come to me and they'll say, there's no way I can start a new business when I'm working full-time. I just can't quit my job. 
And so they really box themselves into a particular stance or place. And so using language such as, sure, you know, I, I understand the, the risks of completely quitting your job, but what can you do to move in that direction of starting a new business? What are some incremental steps that you can explore further? So that sort of redirects them from the place of being inside the box to maybe you know, taking the lid off of the box and looking beyond those four walls of the box, if you will. Yeah, exactly. So taking this redirect as an opportunity to think beyond ourselves. Right. Yep. So the really the key is noticing these patterns. When you or someone else is in a protective mode, being resistant, being skeptical, that's a sign that you can use conversational agility skills of reframe, refocus, and redirect to nudge toward that mindset shift for a transformational conversation. So listeners, as we always do at the end of our our episodes, take a few minutes to recall a recent conversation. Did you notice where you were in a pattern that wasn't going anywhere? How might you have reframed, refocused, or redirected? You know, this is the third episode in our CIQ mini-series, and we've touched on topics of knowing yourself, three levels of conversation, and the conversational essentials of being open to influence, double-clicking, and then these three R's of today. If you missed any of these previous episodes, you can catch them on SoundCloud or our website. In our next episode, we'll take a ride down that conversational highway and explore the possible blind spots that can cause conversations to go off course. We look forward to having you along for the ride. And Deb, always look forward to having you as my co-pilot. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Mary. It is always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Minutes with Mary Conversational Intelligence mini-series with your co-hosts, Mary Stellatello and Deb Shannon. Do you want to continue this conversation? We'll hop over to either one of our LinkedIn pages at Mary Stellatello, or Shannon Coaching. You can listen to all episodes on either of our websites, Vista Global Coaching and Consulting website at vistaglobalcc.com or Shannon Resources website at debshannon.co. If you like what you hear, let's connect on Twitter at Vista Global Mary and CIQ Shannon. We look forward to connecting for our next conversation. 